uh, my first question is, um, what, what, uh, what enticed you to write this book? I mean, you're a big fan or had you had a meeting with him or what, what triggered this whole thing? You know, oddly, almost the exact opposite. I, um, so I work at the Washington Post in the style section and it was 2016. Jeff Goldblum was releasing his first jazz album. And I didn't even realize Jeff Goldblum played jazz. Um, And I was talking to my colleagues at the Post, and we were just kind of talking about Jeff Goldblum in general. And I said, kind of offhandedly, I don't quite understand how this actor who was in great movies in the 80s, became an A-lister in the 90s, but, you know, he hasn't really been in that many A-list movies since the 90s, is almost more famous than he's ever been. And my colleagues all said, well, it's because he's Jeff Goldblum, as if it should be self-evident. And I got really curious. And I wrote a piece for the Post about how sort of the internet has changed our relationship to fame and celebrity and has allowed someone like a Jeff Goldblum or Chris Walken or a Bill Murray to kind of remain in the spotlight years after maybe their gold run in movies. And after I wrote that piece, I then started watching all of Goldblum's movies and became fascinated with his acting career and his jazz career. And I felt like, he seemed like a really interesting subject to explore uh, in a book. So then I, I guess I wrote one. Well, that's great. Well, it, it, yeah, you know, you, you, you get that sense without even reading it, just looking at the, the book, the cover and, you know, there's his picture. And because he's just Jeff Goldblum, it, it sort of triggers that, that the response you said you got from your colleagues there that, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll jump to the most recent thing. I think I've seen Goldblum in, these uh, TV commercials for apartments. Uh, <laughs> Apartments.com is Brad Bellflower. And then I'm thinking now that was well done because it seemed to, and, and pardon me if you write about this in the book, because I, I've scanned it, but I haven't had really a chance to, to go through it entirely. But, um, you know, it's almost like, he, did he get to select how he would come off on this thing? Or, you know, it's, it's pretty intriguing when you, when you see how they do that. One thing that really struck me, I actually I did interview the folks over at apartments.com and the ad agency that set up those ads. And one thing I found so fascinating was that Goldblum seemed to approach it the way he would, you know, a feature film. He um, he really dug <laughs> into the character. He wanted background for the character. He wanted to know who Brad Bellflower is, this, you know, this quirky character that sells apartments.com. And he dug into it like he would any role and had like a big part in shaping it, which I, I found uh, just fascinating and, and a little surprising it's almost like uh the next the next move and i'm sure he's too busy or too cavalier to worry about it but uh it almost like a, you could run a tv show off that you know with this this character <laughs> that he invented for the apartments you know but i i don't know how far that would go maybe it's an internet thing i don't know well that would um, be so funny we've definitely had that the show ted lasso that uh, everyone loved last year that came out of a commercial and which Jason Sudeikis was playing that character. So I could see it happening. I'd, I'd watch it. Yeah, I think I would too. <laughs> that's, that's the amazing part. Um, well, you know, the, uh, the, the, the various movies you've seen now you had, you said you hadn't really seen, you know, followed him like a, a big fan, but you went back and looked at a lot of his films. So what did, what, what is your takeaway there? Um, I mean, I think I know, you know, the obvious ones, you know, that you might have seen. But what did you take away from watching a lot of Jeff Goldblum's films? I found there to be a very interesting shift that happened at some point where Jeff Goldblum, if you watch his early movies, he's actually a very good actor. 
um, you know, in the fly, uh, between the lines by Joan Nicklin Silver. I think it's a fantastic film from the seventies. Uh, his movies with Robert Altman, his roles, he's a very good actor. And at some point, it seems like his persona became so big that directors started wanting him to play himself more and more. So now in something like Taika Waititi's Lord of Ragnarok or Wes Anderson's The Grand Budapest Hotel, we get a version of Goldblum that's more of the actual Goldblum that, uh, that we've come to know and love. But if you watch his early movies, you know, he's, he's really a character actor. and he, he disappears into roles in a way that uh, I, I sort of didn't think would be possible for someone as, as striking and as uh, kind of uniquely looking as him. You know, in, in my uh, granddaughter uh, had Jurassic Park on, you watch all these movies during the pandemic, and we would probably watch them anyway, but we, we seem to watch even more. But, I, you know, and once again, I, you know, it's familiar territory, that movie. But, uh, you know, you start thinking about it, you know, I wonder if that movie would have been what it is without Jeff Goldblum. You know, I mean, I know it had T-Rex and all the rest of it, but he just added that element um, that that just seemed to, oh, yeah, that's that's intriguing. You know, different, something different there instead of just the same old. And, and that really comes off when you watch some of these movies again. Oh, I think so as well. Um, the film critic, uh, the great film critic, Adam, Adam Naiman, I spoke to from the book, he put it really well. He said, Jeff Goldblum, you know, is not often a leading man. He hasn't been a leading man in very many movies. Even The Fly is a two-hander, Peter Davis. Um, and he kind of works as a spice. And it's like a movie like Jurassic Park, which is already a great dish. He's just that spice that gives it that something extra that makes it a little bit better, that kind of makes it rise above the pack. Um, and on the other hand, uh, because he's that spice, you kind of often don't want him as the leading man. You want him playing a secondary or tertiary role to kind of spruce up a movie like Jurassic Park or Independence Day or Thor Ragnarok. And I thought that was really insightful. And I think that when looking back at Goldblum's careers, the movies that are most successful are the ones where he kind of plays that role as the spice. You know, and I'm not a, a steeped on this enough to know, I'll give you a list of names, but I, I'm just thinking back to my dad telling me when we were watching a movie, an old movie, and Jack Oakey was the character. And I didn't know Jack Oakey from A Hole in the Wall, but he said, oh, yeah, he's really funny. And I, then I started seeing some other movies over the course of years. And, and you know, he's like Goldblum, not, not in the sense of um, style, but but adding that spice that you talk about, because never a leading man, but often a sidekick or just a crazy guy that, that's in the movie. And of course, this was the old studio system when, when he was playing. But you, you look for these guys sometimes and they're, they're down there in the cast, but they help make the movie, you know, and uh, that's I think Goldblum's. Uh, well, he's well past that now. He's he's well known. <laughs> um, so what was your most intriguing uh, role for him out of all the things is, is it one we we would have seen or is it a lesser known film hello we done you know that's a good question oh. the fly um he is just so transformed oh sorry oh, have i lost you okay no no um, yeah I'm, I'm here I, you okay you hear yes, me yes okay go go ahead my right internet faltered um I often come back to, to The Fly. I think it's an Oscar-winning performance. He is uh, just tremendous in it, the way he transforms. But another movie that I mentioned that is kind of a latter-day Goldblum taking on a, a capitalist, serious uh, role is a movie by Paul Schrader called Adam Resurrected. It came out in 
2008 and Goldblum plays this former circus entertainer. Um, it's set in the aftermath of World War II and he works, he's in an asylum for Holocaust survivors and he befriends a boy who was abused and thinks that he's a dog. And Goldblum kind of tries to help this character kind of come back to reality. And it's a, it's a really heartbreaking and tough movie. And he gives an exemplary performance. And it's not what you expect when you think uh, of Jeff Goldblum, particularly Jeff Goldblum in the 2000s. And what's the title of that? That's Adam Resurrected. Adam Resurrected. Well, you mentioned The Fly. And I have to tell you, at one point, we were showing old movies here in Peoria at one of the uh, little theaters and uh, some years ago. And, you know, this is probably uh, typical of somebody who doesn't do it on, on a regular basis. But I thought, oh, we're going to have a fly double header. It was, I don't know if it was around Halloween or what. So you run the old one with Vincent Price, and then you run the Goldblum one. Ooh. And I swear, there, there weren't a lot of people in the audience, but when that thing ended, <clears throat> the, 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 we, we ran Goldblum last, obviously, the newer movie. But it left a, you know, as you said, he was a really good actor because, boy, you really felt that somebody had changed over, and, and it was like uh, everyone sort of trooped out of there in a trance, you know. And I, I just remember that because it was like, Wow, yeah, that that was heavy, but uh, that that's what the I guess a good actor can do. Absolutely, and and also you know when you think about the fly, I think a special credit uh, does, uh, goes to the the makeup artists who, oh, yeah. who did win an Oscar for that. Oh yeah, film. I mean <laughs> for, they for sure. <laughs> they created that suit and they would put it on. You know, it would take some like six seven hours to, to build that suit around Goldblum every day. Um, oh you know, and there, obviously there were different stages of his uh, deterioration, so to speak. So, yeah, just absolutely uh, incredible film. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt. Um, so have you had any contact with Goldblum on this, either before or after the book? I have not. And now I'm very curious what contact would be like. I feel like uh, if I hear from him, it's either because you really like the book, because you really didn't like the book, so... Well, we'll see how that goes. I think he'd like it. I think it's a it's, it's a kind of a celebration of his career. Well, you know, give him a chance to be quirky yet again, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe bring it up or, or brandish it on a talk show or whatever it is, because, uh, well, I mean, I, I suppose that would look self-serving, but, um, <laughs> you know, he's it's not like he's, you know, he's just sort of there just doing his thing and, and this is what happens. Um, what's next for him? Do, do we know? I mean, is he doing something? You mentioned the jazz. Does that seem to be his, uh, more, more what he's doing now than, uh, than film? I think so. Um, he has a show on Disney which really suits his curiosity called the world according to Jeff Goldblum, where he just explores different things from sneakers to food trucks. Uh, Travis, you're breaking up a little bit. Kind of interesting. And then recently, uh, oh no, is this okay? Is this better? Um, Steve, it's good. And then, oh, then no. you kind of disappear on me. This might be better. One sec. Sorry about that. This should be stronger. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, he. Should I just give the answer over again? Yeah. Uh, 
the the music part. I mean, is he is he making an album? Is he on tour? Or how how far does he go with that? So he's put out two albums in the past four years. Uh, so it seems to be uh, a heavy part of his focus. And he plays, uh, like I mentioned, at a small club in L.A. Uh, once a week when he's in town. He also has a show on Disney Plus called The World According to Jeff Goldblum, where he, you know, he's a very curious guy and he just explores different things. Like one episode just about sneakers, and he explores sneaker culture, uh, which is kind of interesting. And most recently it was announced, and this is very Jeff Goldblum-y, that he will be appearing on a Dungeons and Dragons podcast as an elf. So he uh, he continues to follow his own quirky little muse. That's great. Well, I mean, that's when you when you you I think you sum it all up when you say Jeff Goldblumy uh, <laughs> as a, as a description of, of somebody because he is that unique guy. Well, absolutely. Uh, what what is uh, next up for you, Travis? Are you going to do another book, or uh, I know you're writing for the Post, so you're probably keeping busy there. But what's what's on your uh, to do list? Yeah, the, the the Post keeps me uh, quite busy, and uh, I have another uh, book proposal in the works. Um, I'm not I'm not supposed to say much about it, but uh, let's say it might be a, a similar type book to because he's Jeff Goldblum, um, looking at maybe one of his contemporaries. So so we'll see. Oh, very good. Well, hey, we'll watch for you, your byline, and uh, just uh, good luck with uh, the book. And uh, hey, we'll uh, we'll be looking to see what uh, what gold bloomy thing comes up next. Well, thank you so much for having me, Steve. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. All right, Travis, take care, man. All right, you too.